here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. It is 3.42 in the morning as I record this, and Impact has made me so violently angry that I, I, I literally have to talk about it. And thankfully, Larry Zonka, who's, who's, who's a, a braver man than I, has watched all of Impact, and he's here to talk to me about it. Hi, Larry. How are you, Garrett? I'm angry, Larry. I'm, I'm like, viscerally angry. It's, it's like, stewing underneath me, and I've, I couldn't get it into words in the Impact Review. If you read my Impact Review on Voices of Wrestling, you will see that I literally gave up after the Rachel Ellering Sienna match. I couldn't. I couldn't put myself through it anymore. It, it was... I, I couldn't. It's unbearable. And you, well, you are a, a, an utterly braver man than I, because you, you finished this show. Well, here's the thing. If you haven't watched this whole show, the reason that Garrett gave up, and normally I would call you a pansy, a pussy, and I would have told you the man through it, but here's the thing. When you're trying to review something that you love, and you watch it get set ablaze in front of you, and that's not even a joke. This was a dumpster fire of epic proportions. When you watch the first 12 minutes of the show be dedicated to starting a feud with two announcers, and then these two announcers do nothing but argue back and forth, call none of the action, you introduce three new stars in Reno Scum and uh, Rachel Ellering, and you give them no attention, you don't care at all about them, why would the viewer care Why would the actual fan of this promotion care about these new people? There's no reason to care. And that was the point that you got to. Because they got to the end of that match, and you were just like, fuck it. Yeah, like, I I was stewing. I was, like, I was angry. I wanted to break something, because, like, Josh Matthews went into overdrive for reasons I I don't understand, because Rachel Ring and Sienna were having a, like, the match was fine. It was nothing special, but... Those were two ladies out there in that ring trying to have a good match. They like wrestling is dangerous. They put their health on the line literally every time they go into that ring. And you have Josh Matthews making it all about him because he's incapable of doing otherwise because he's very very bad at his job. And like Sienna's a badass. Like if they're not going to talk up Sienna, I will because like she's awesome. She carries herself with poise. You look at her and she's a star. She's a great worker. And they're just there undermining her efforts. And like that's it's. It's like utterly disrespectful. I I don't understand how you could well, not disrespect only is it these disres- people. Yeah, it's disrespectful to their own star who they have under contract. But if you're an independent worker with any kind of buzz and TNA calls you and says, "Yeah, we'd like to use you in the TV match," and you watch that Rachel Ellering match tonight, there is no incentive for you to go. And I don't even want to hear the "Oh, but you're on TV" bullshit. Because they're not going to put you over at all. You're and then the like worst 300, part of... 300,000 viewers, you're not that much on TV. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, too, is like, the worst part is, Sienna was actually trying to give her a lot. They were having like a nice little back and forth. You know, she wasn't squashing her. She wasn't trying to make her look like shit. She was trying to make her look good. And commentary is giving them nothing. 
I almost felt sorry for Pope because like he he was like come on guys come on I know that they're they're out there they're told to go out there and bicker it's not like they're doing it's not like they're going off script it's not like they're doing something that that's not planned to do but poor Pope is in the middle of them just trying to call a show and they're incapable of it and like this is this is not just a, a regular impact this is not a run of the mill what date is it? I don't even know what date it is. I'm worked up. March 9th Impact. It's it's the reboot show. It's it's pretty much the official launch of Anthem Impact because the last like two months have been kind of filler, you know, TNA light basically from the last regime. Just like to keep things going. This is the launch of your big show. We're making Impact great again. So you're dressing up this utter rubbish, like utter trash and presenting it as better than the past regime. You're taking something that is legitimately considerably worse and saying, look how awful TNA used to be. How about we, you know, make it better again by literally making it it's unwatchable I couldn't get through it I was like if I had to sit there and watch them bicker for the rest of the show I would have went mad because because I can't understand how you be so counterproductive. I can't understand how, if you're an announcer, who you know your job is to accentuate the performance. Your sole purpose there is to explain what they're doing and make them look better than they are. And and you're there making it all about yourself, shouting to JB, and... Uh, Larry, I can't. I literally, I literally can't, Larry. It was really bad. And, like, you know, some, like, you didn't even get to the end. It's like, the Lashley Patron match was... The absolute worst of TNA. It was your TNA guy defending the champion, working hard, against the ex-WWE guy who was lackadaisical as a motherfucker. And, I mean, did not work well with Lashley. Like, Lashley's trying. And Lashley's like, my awesome. Official... If you can't have a good match with yes. Bobby Lashley, you suck. That, that's right. There's a few people in the world right now outside of like AJ Styles that like if you don't have a good match, like if you have a bad match with Chris Hero, Matt Riddle, Bobby Lashley, select guys like that, you're doing some shit wrong. It's... Okay? But like my official rating was fuck this stupid shit. It went 16 minutes. It was boring. There was no drama. They did two ref bumps. <laughs> and then Patron, quote unquote, wins the title. Well, statistically speaking, there is a 52% chance you'll get a ref bump in a TNA uh, world title match, and that is an actual real statistic. I know, because you actually went through and chronicled it. Man. <laughs> literally, I, like, that's, people are like, oh, why didn't you review the rest of the show? I've watched literally every second of television this company has ever produced. You've probably reviewed every second of television this company has ever produced. I, I've, I've reviewed almost every minute of TNA programming since they started in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I go back and I'm like, oh, I watched the 2004 Impact. I wonder what Larry thought about that. And you know what? You've reviewed it, because <laughs> you have. And between the two of us I think there are a few people who have watched more TNA on on this earth like literally earth and I can't even remember what I was talking about I've gotten myself worked up <laughs> well here's the thing too is like people people are going to get this thing that like oh I'm out to bury the show oh, and yeah, I don't like zero. TNA I was, I was rooting for you to give it a zero I was rude like I, I was uh, by the time you got to the end I was like please give it nothing it doesn't deserve anything <laughs> Well, it's just like, the thing that people don't realize is, is like, I have a very long history, just not the reviewing of TNA. The fact is, is when TNA started, and I've written about this, and like, throughout the years, this is why I keep constantly finding new shit to watch. My fandom was waning. WCW was gone, ECW was gone. I was a huge NWA guy when I grew up. And... 
when ECW and WCW went by and I had WWF left, it was fine, but it wasn't the same. I wasn't like I wasn't like driven to watch wrestling anymore. I didn't order pay-per-views. And when TNA started, it was one of those things that like, you know what? For the same price of one WWE pay-per-view, I can get eight hours eight hours a month of this on the weekly pay-per-view. I'm gonna give this a shot. And I gave it a shot. And I discovered guys like AJ Styles and Low Key. I found other guys that I had seen before, like Christopher Daniels and America's Most Wanted. And I just I started to find all these dudes that were great. And then because of like AJ and Daniels, I started checking out some Ring of Honor. And it's just like TNA in essence kind of saved my fandom, and it's what got me on four on one back in the day. I'm I'm literally the exact same. In like two thousand five, two thousand six my, my kind of wrestling interest was waning. WWE's product was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I came across randomly on, on, I think it was Bravo. No, Bravo, the wrestling channel in the UK. I can't remember actually who had it at the time. I came across the, the primetime impact special. Remember the one with Christian and Rhino in the barbed wire cage match? Yeah. And I watched that match. And that's a really good match. And it has two guys I know. And then in that show as well, there's a Styles, Sabin, and there's Daniels, I think, in a three-way. And it's like, ooh, who are these guys? These guys are pretty good. And then my brother got me, brought me back a Best of the X Division Volume Two DVD from America when he when he went to to a trip to Boston. And there are these guys like like Alex Shelley and Chris Saban and Jay Lethal and Petey Williams and Loki and freaking Shark Boy and all of these people. And I'm like, well, there's wrestling outside of WWE. And then obviously the likes of AJ Styles and the likes of AMW and the likes of LAX. And like TNA was my door into New Japan. I didn't watch New Japan before Global Impact in 2008. I'm like, this Yuji Nagata guy is pretty good. How about this Fergal Devitt guy? He's Irish. I'm Irish. You know, maybe I'll like him. So so like, I, I, I'm i the exact same. I wouldn't have went to three WrestleManias if it weren't for TNA. I wouldn't have went to a Wrestle Kingdom to two Bound for Glories. I wouldn't have done any of that were it not for this company. And that's like people. People are, are are always baffled about why, like I I give this company the time of day after all this time, but like that's why I owe, I owe that much to them. And I I believe in in these performers. I believe in the people on that roster because they're all super talented human beings who deserve better than this. And yeah, they do. And to watch to watch a show like tonight, which which as I said, it's dressed up. In, in the guise of this being a reboot, in the guise of this being better than the regime that came before it, which, trust me, it really wasn't. Last year's TV was, you know, 2016 Impact was pretty solid. You usually got a good show. This show sucked. <laughs> and and these human beings deserve better because they're talented. EC3 should be the biggest star in the world. DJZ is probably the most underrated wrestler on the planet right now. He's fantastic. And you have like Eddie Edwards, Davey Richards, James Storm, Jesse Gutters. Super solid mid-card guy. Robbie E, better than anybody ever gives him credit for. Bobby Lashley is amazing. These people are, are great. How can you how can you disrespect them like this? How can you treat them like they're nothing? And that's what this show did. It treated them like they're nothing. I think, like, on top of all that, too, the fact that they made a definitive effort to name-drop WWE more than Impact Wrestling throughout the podcast. Especially, like, Josh Matthews with the whole, oh, screw you, Mike Tanay. It's like, I learned under Jim Ross and called WrestleMania. That means I'm kind of above all of this, doesn't it? Well, it's just that they're doing all this shit. And then you got, like, Bruce Pritchard, like, they called me because I know what greatness is. And 
I was around Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin and The Rock and John Cena and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, that's that's great. Talk about all these awesome guys that are never going to come to the company. And then Dutch Mantel comes out, and he's like, hey, remember when we had AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode and all these cool motherfuckers? We don't anymore. The show kind of sucks now, and we promise it's going to be better, but it's really not. And like, they opened with that video package, which was basically, here's the X Division, the knockouts, back when they were good. And it's like AJ Styles and Kurt Angle and Sting and Samoa Joe. And like they, they put all this focus on all these people who aren't there anymore. And they put so little focus on the people on whom's back TNA is supposedly going to be made great again. Because like Bobby Lashley basically nowhere to be seen. He uh, flashed there. They name dropped Hulk Hogan. Bobby Lashley just got a little, a little flicker image come and gone. And the likes of the Wolves and the likes of EC3. And I know this is a new regime. This is, is global force wrestling light now because that Kearney Jeff Jarrett managed to work his way onto television and work Anthem into turning TNA into the company he wanted global force to be. Which, fair play, Jeff. <laughs> You're a better con man than I. But... <laughs> well, it's just not Jeff. I mean, you know, I wrote I wrote at the end of my review, just to throw this in here, it would be like good perspective I think. It's a... Uh... Yeah, I talked about it being one of the most damaging wrestling shows I've watched in 36 years. It is, it was. I was like, and th- then I wrote, to truly start over, to eradicate the past and not to be bound by its sins, sometimes you need to completely burn it down and start over. Instead, Anthem got hoodwinked by a group of people that on various occasions almost ruined and closed down the company. Those are the people in power. Yeah. You put Jarrett and Pritchard and Dutch back in charge, and it's like, don't get me wrong, like... I think 2005 TNA, when they were actually off TV, was some of the best TV they ever produced. It's probably because they weren't trying that hard, and it's like, oh, we'll just let these talented people do their talented thing. Get out of their but damn had, way. But you had guys like Dutch and uh, Scott Demore just booking basic angles, and then, like you said, letting the people that were awesome do their thing. And this show was none of that. Like you, you talk about like these people. Jeff Jarrett founded TNA in, in June of 2002. Were it not for Dixie Carter and her money, that company would have went out of business in September of 2002. So, you know, Bruce Pritchard was, uh, of, uh, had stewardship over TNA in 2012 and then moved into 2013, and the company nearly went broke when they went out on the road. Which, you know, that's not entirely his fault, and I don't want to blame him entirely for that, because decisions probably were made over his head regarding that. But it's not like he changed anything. And the, these are these are people who, you know, they, they couldn't get the job done. And as you said, the, there's like two periods, I think, in TNA that were consistently good. There's like 2012, which, you know, was built around the likes of Styles, Aries, Rude, Storm, Bully Ray, Jeff Hardy, Kurt Angle, just those guys having good matches. That's basically what 2012 was. And then there, there was 2005, which was Styles, Daniels, Joe, Saban, AMW, Rhino, Abyss, Raven, those kind of people having having good matches. So, so well, was 2012 right before Hogan and Bischoff came in? No, that was uh, after. That was they after like post Immortal, pre Aces and Eights. That that period uh, in the middle. Okay, because there was also a point right before Hogan came in. Where they were putting things together and they were doing like uh, Kurt Angle and Desmond Wolf yeah, and, and Styles Daniels Joe on Turning Point 2009. Yeah, it's like and they were putting stuff together and like you felt that 2005 buzz again. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's there have been points in this company that came across as like, this is like fucking brilliant. This is, I'd rather, there were, there were so many times where I would uh, be tracking pay per views. 
And, like, I'd rank the pay-per-views, and, like, people were like, oh, I don't understand all these TNA pay-per-views better than all these WWE pay-per-views. Like, well, they were at the time. They were. Like, 2005, TNA produced a good-to-great pay-per-view every single month for 12 months. They did that. Yeah, tonight was extremely frustrating. It was, like, I couldn't finish the show. I, like, I couldn't get through it. And I've I've reviewed this show consistently for over five years. You've reviewed this show consistently since it started airing in 2004. And I think both of us can pretty reasonably agree this was one of the worst episodes of this television show. This was the 669th episode of Impact. 669 over the last... 13 years and this their big reboot their big relaunch to prove that the the tna the sins of the past are gone they're you know things are changing is one of the worst show episodes in the history of the show that's another reason why i fucking just uh, i went savage on it and gave it a zero it's supposed to be a reboot it's supposed to be a new era it's supposed to be we're fixing shit we know what we did wrong and they went ahead and did Everything wrong again. That's yeah, like that main event where they do the like. I'm gonna TNA spoilers from here. They take the belt off of Del Rio next week. So not only do they do the crappy double ref bump with all the dumb nonsense that fills every TNA World Title match going back to 2002, but they also pull the rug out from under you on the finish. So it's like it's it's like if you were to devise a finish, if you were to say what finish could prove that we we learned as little as humanly possible from the last 15 years of this company nearly going under over and over again, I'm pretty sure they nailed it. Yeah, I mean, if that was their goal, they accomplished it. You don't think it is sabotage. Like, you have these, these people out here, like, talking about how, you know, you have Dutch out there talking about WWE and everything, doing his WWE shtick in his WWE wheelchair. You have Bruce Pritchard out there talking about, oh, how TNA was almost great back when he, he was there. You know, and it's never been great, of course, because, you know, that's the narrative. TNA can never be great. And maybe, as we said, I said, there's two periods in this company's history where it was great. But no, those don't exist. They sucked. And, like, the last four years haven't happened in terms of like TNA canon disappeared might as well not have happened Rockstar Spud's a ring announcer now because why not yeah there was a report I, I, I did earlier today where apparently uh, Eli Drake was not happy with uh, some of the segments on the show and you, you can understand because this is basically Global Force Wrestling co-opting Impact and these poor guys who were on the front lines, you know, Eli Drake and EC3 and the Wolves and the people who were writing the show were on the front lines of this nonsense for the last four years with Dixie Carter running the company into the ground and making unreasonable demands left, right and centre and making terrible decisions. And these are the people who had to go out in front of that camera every single week during that period of utter, like, like train wreckery. They had to go out in front of that camera and, and put on a brave face and give as good a performance as they could. And then you have someone come in and say, lads, what you did didn't matter. What you did, frankly, sucked. You know, none of you are stars. We're just going to come in. We're going to bring in Matt Morgan. We're going to bring in Magnus. We're going to bring Crimson, all people whose pushes have failed in the past. We're going to bring in a bunch of Global Force guys, and we're going to usurp you. We're going to job you out. We're going to job the DCC out. We're going to job EC3 out to the guys we like. And, you know, all that work you put in, it was for nothing. Yeah. I think one of the biggest laughs I saw in my comment section on the site was, uh, well, Magnus is a good signing. He could easy, easily replace Drew Galloway. I was like, the fuck are you smoking? <laughs> Have you not watched a Drew Galloway match since you left WWE? Have Jesus you not Christ. watched the Magnus match ever? Oh, just... 
it was one of those shows that just not only makes you want to give up like you did, but just it, it makes you want to give up because it's yeah. like I don't understand how it gets better from here. Like the, I, I know they're building toward Josh Matthews being taken off television. Supposedly, they'll probably do a swerve on that as well because they're terrible. But like, I, I can't sit through this for like five weeks. I can't. I cannot. I cannot suffer that for that long. And the worst part about it is, it's like. He's so bad at it. He is. He's just like, the idea is he's supposed to get heat, but I just don't want to watch the show anymore. I mean, it's it, it was truly bad. I think the only thing worse than Josh Matthews acting like a bad guy is watching Cody Rhodes try to be a bad guy. I was so upset when he turned. Because like, I'm one of these people, I don't mind Cody. I think Cody's fine. Cody will give you a decent to good match every time, and you know that's there's nothing wrong with that. But his his like playing, he doesn't just play to like the bleachers. He plays to, like people fifteen miles outside of the bloody building when he's doing his heel mannerisms. Yeah, and that's the thing too is like he's not being a heel. He feels like he's playing bad guy. Super, yeah, he's a super villain. He, he's still on Arrow, but it's just at least people watch that show. But well, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> I, I I don't understand how you can sit down and look at the wrestling landscape in 2017 and say, we're going to try and produce a show that learns from the mistakes of what this company made in the past. Because like, companies are going to make mistakes. They're going to do things wrong. That's understandable. The thing is, learn from them. And, and produce a wrestling product that is cutting edge, innovative, and actually moves like the, the, the genre forward, the whole industry. Like, the, this show had no ideas. It was all stuff from, like, 2001. Which, even if you take out the announcing, there's there's nothing in the show that would make you sit up and go, well, you know, maybe there's something here. Yeah, yeah, there, there was nothing that I can say that, like, made me want to tune in and watch in the future. I didn't care about Cody bringing out his little global global force belt and tossing it in the ring. and Which, they, they, yeah. I don't think they ever even mentioned what the hell that thing was, did they? No, I don't think so. So yeah, he's just bringing a belt out, which another old Jarrett gets his old old shtick on TV because yep. he, he's a smart human. Like, uh, you have to give Jarrett credit. That man can worm himself into any like like self rewarding situation known to man. He may have, um, you know, after the last couple of weeks and after watching the show, I'm pretty sure that he's bumped Kevin Nash on the smartest wrestler alive scale. Yeah, he turned like Global <laughs> Force was a failure. He couldn't get it off the ground. And now he's managed to turn a company that, like, he's managed to hoodwink Anthem into letting him turn Impact into Global Force. Which, you know, all power to him. <laughs> the thing I'm scared about is, is I'm scared that because this was the reboot, that they're actually going to do a decent rating and they're going to think that this is what we need to do. I know. I'm, I always dread that. I always dread when shows like this, like, people watch them. And then people will go, well, you know, it, it, it works. It clearly works. It's like, no, it doesn't. If you go back and look, every time TNA have done a show like this, it's driven people away in the long run, especially paying customers. You might get like you might pop a rating, but no one's going to actually pay for anything, and that that's repeatedly happened over and over again, especially with the Vince Russo style booking, where people would defend it because it popped a rating. But then those people wouldn't come back in three weeks, and you wouldn't have people buying pay per views anymore. So great job, guys! You managed to do like a, a 1.3 million viewers on Impact, but no, you had less money in your pocket. Brilliant. And again, that's it. It sounds repetitive, but it's just, it's the sins of the past repeating themselves constantly with this company. Yeah, and it's like I said, I wasn't like excited about tonight, but I was hopeful. I was like, okay, because I didn't really read the spoilers. I was like, okay, let's just 
let's go into it open-minded. Let's hope for the best. You know, maybe there'll you know be some interesting things happening. I don't know. I, I didn't even really know what to expect. I just I wanted something just to you know. Okay, we're, there's a direction. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, the direction was down the toilet. There, there's, uh, I'm, Larry, <laughs> Larry, <laughs> like. I, I root for this company. I root for this company on a level that is unreasonable. Because I don't even know why. It's Stockholm Syndrome at this stage. And when you see them do this, this, this kind of self-defeating behavior over and over again under different regimes, under different management, it's the same thing. And you, you just wonder, like, how? This didn't work the first time. It's not going to work now. And you're in a considerably worse position now than you were a decade ago. You don't have the margin forever anymore. You know, in 2008, it would have been okay to produce a show like this because at the end of the day, the company would have been fine. You still had Anthem, or Anthem, you still had Panda shoveling money into the, the furnace and you still had still had Spike on board. You, you would have gotten away with it. But now it's like the company doesn't make any money. No one's watching it anymore. It's like Pop will probably pull the plug at the end of the year. This kind of, you don't have time anymore. You can't do this. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, you, you can't get away, and, like, because I know, well, you know, I think we can agree for the for the last year, since, since they got on Pop, the show's been largely fine. There's been good episodes. But it hasn't been bad. Never. But the problem with that is, it's 2016 going into 2017. You can't just put out a fucking mediocre product. There's too much stuff out there now. Exactly. There's way too many. There's all these streaming services from all these companies in like the UK and everywhere that are, you know, they're they're putting out. You know, to, I mean, not to get, uh, you know, like use hyperbole and all, but there's some cutting edge shit going on in these promotions. You know, they're experimenting with different things. They're using new guys. You have a service like Flow Slam to where you can, you know, pay like one hundred fifty dollars a year and get upwards of eight to nine shows a month. You have the, you know, it, you're still charging, you know, forty bucks for a pay per view when you're putting on average TV most of the time, and then you know, you're fighting for this money, and there's, you know, there's the WWE Network for ten bucks, and even even if you're not a big WWE fan, if you're crunched on money and you want to watch a pay per view and you're a fan of old shit. That ten dollars is a lot easier to spend than forty, even if it's you know only a couple times a year. And God knows nobody's buying those fucking one night only shows. <laughs> God knows no one's even watching them. I don't think people steal those shows. Never mind bloody watch them for money, dude. People don't steal those shows. Trust me. One time I missed the first viewing and I tried to find it. No dice. I had to wait like three days later and get it on pay per view. Yeah, they, they, people just don't. It's just like nope. <laughs> Mostly because they're tortured. They're, they're, those, are they worse than tonight? They're not more destructive than this show was, so I don't think they're no. worse. I mean, there's been some bad ones, and there's been some ones I've given horrible ratings to. They're usually just cripplingly boring, as opposed to just yeah. like, outright terrible. Well, because here's the thing. is like I can imagine the pre-show meetings for these one-night-only shows. Al Snow gets all fired up, stands in front of the roster. like, here's what I want you to do. You're going to get six to nine minutes. I want you to go out there, do some back and forth, do some walk and brawl on the floor. Bram, we know you're good at that. <laughs> Call Bram, and, we need a walk and brawl. <laughs> yeah. And then I want you to get in the ring, 
do some uninspired back and forth, and then do a shit finish. X Division guys, don't do anything cool because everybody else will look bad. Actually, X Division on the show, let me get started again. Again, relaunch show. Big new ideas. What do you do with the X Division? The same bloody pointless multi-man match you've done for the last, like, ten years. You just lump them out there with five minutes of TV time, do a few cool spots and get out. None of it matters. None of you are important. It's just like, you're there, you exist, and we're on to something more important now. And then, you know, the knockouts, I mean, yeah, they did a Sienna match, they kind of wrote Maria off, and then Rosemary got about nine seconds of TV time as the Hardys got teleported away into the ether. Oh, yep, yep, that was their big write-off. They fought a kangaroo, and then they they teleported and got sucked into a black hole, I'd imagine, I don't know. That was as good as explanation as any. Yeah, they they went back to their home planet, (laughs) never to be seen again. Decay, decay, or basically like Eric Young backstage when he found the world title. He's just they've they just found the tag titles. They're they're tag champions now. Probably not, but maybe I don't know. If you can't take a roster with with Andrew Everett and and like Caleb Conley looked good tonight actually. I'll give him credit. Davey Richards, DJ Z, Eddie Edwards, Eli Drake, Hector Garza Jr., a Homicide, Ethan Carter, James Storm, Jesse Goddard, Eddie Kingston, Bobby Lashley. Moose, Robbie, Trevor Lee. If you can't take a roster with those people, never mind the the freaking knockouts with the likes of Rosemary and Ali and and Brooke and Gail Kim. If you can't take that roster with, with really talented people, people who I have a great deal of respect for. Obviously, this company doesn't have as much respect for based on how they were presented and treated tonight. But if you can't take that core group of people and create a compelling television product, you don't deserve to be on television. That that's just straight up a fact. Let those people go do something more interesting somewhere else. I think I've gotten most of it out of my system, Larry. Like it's it's four thirteen a.m. right now, and I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm cold. It's 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 a relatively chilly spring, early morning, and I I I was trying to just go to bed. I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm going to that. My impact review was, I, I believe I said I'm done. This show is unwatchable, and I was done. I was just going to go to bed, but then I got too angry, and I was so angry I couldn't put my 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 anger into words in a reasonably coherent fashion, which is the reason the impact review turned out as it did. And you, as I said, you are a a stronger man than I to manage to get through the whole thing and put to put together coherent thoughts at the end. And well, I just I, I was I mean I didn't think it was going to turn around, but I was like okay, I was like you know I was like maybe I mean. Even if, you know, even if there is, like, a fuck finish and everything, I'm like, maybe the main event will be at least good. Because I was expecting, like, because of the promo, like, EC3 get involved, they'll do some bullshit, set up a three-way. But it's just, like, I was I was waiting for it, and I was like, I was like, you know, like, maybe it'll get good. <laughs> the tagline for the history of TNA. It's like 15 years later, you know, maybe it'll get good. <laughs> I mean, I wanted it to be good so bad. I know, I know. Like, as I said, I, I want these people to do well. <laughs> I want this company to do well. It should do well. There's no reason it shouldn't. And they're just incapable of learning. It's it's something they just simply cannot do. And I don't understand why. Because it's very easy. When you look back over TNA history, you can pretty easily identify went wrong, what went wrong and what didn't. It's not like it's a mystery. It's not pushing the right people. It, it's focusing on older names and XWB people over, over younger talent. And it, it's freaking holding back talent with booking. Letting the pen get in the way of the wrestler, if you will. Like, get rid of all of that and you, you might work. It, it, and like, it's an uphill battle. TNA are, are doomed at the moment. 
no matter what they do, if they do everything perfectly, if they produce the best show known to man, if they they do smart social media and smart branding and smart promotion and promote uh, push wrestlers in exactly the way they should be and have this great television product, they still more than likely will fail at this stage. Like that's the fact of the the way the company is right now. So when they go out there and produce this utter trash, it's unwatchable rubbish. And as I said, that's coming from two people who have watched every episode of this television program and from one person who's bloody reviewed all of them. And I, I don't know. I don't know how you can you can put this show together and think this is change and this is better because it's not. You know, pe- people like to like downplay it and think it's not a big deal. But, you know, for as much as you know, we've watched the program and the product and we remember the good and everything. Unfortunately, the bad far outweighs the good. There's so much damage. There's so much baggage, which is why if you're going to do a reboot show, focused. It has to have an actual direction. It has to have something that will get people talking in a positive way. And their direction is two announcers feuding, talking about WWE more than their own new name, Mm -hmm. Um, Bruce Pritchard shilling his podcast. Yep, yep. Apparently, you the know, HR which, practices these days are to hire whoever has good podcast numbers because, God forbid, they hire whoever's best for the job. Well, fuck, if we're hiring off people to do some good podcasts, I mean, God, let's just let's start getting some numbers up, dude. Christ, I mean, we cannot do any worse. I'm sorry. I, I'd like, I'd, I don't want to say I could, do, like, putting together a television show is hard. Like, I, I'm not in denial about that. You know, to create a consistently entertaining show that has good character progression, good stories, good matches, and to do that week in, week out, 52 weeks a year, is not an easy task. You know, it's, no, it's difficult. Producing professional wrestling, I mean, in theory and at the heart of it, it is simple. The basis behind it, like you said, you need to create characters that people can empathize with, hate, or get behind. You need to create a story arc that the people can follow and care about so that when you get to that end, when you get to that culmination, that, you know, theoretically, you make money. And that's, I think, too, that has been one of TNA's biggest problems is they've never had to make money. No, they've always been able to coast on whether it was Health South or the Jarrett's or the the characters, or Billy Corgan, or Aralux, or frickin' Anthem, or like the Owl. The Owl is, is giving them all the money now. They, they've never been in a position where, you know, if you don't succeed, you die. And Exactly. And that's why the territories, I mean, that's why the territories, that's why when you had a booker, a booker didn't come up with a story and then say, okay, grab a Billy and Johnny over there and we're going to plug them in. No, that motherfucker understood that his job and staying there depended on making money, drawing houses, and booking the best matches. And that hasn't changed. So, yeah, so basically, you know, the guy, whoever had the book, whoever was the pencil, had to craft things with the talent he had. Hey, we have the Rock and Roll and Midnight Express. You know what? Let's loop them around Louisiana. Oh, holy shit, they made a million dollars over a weekend. Headlining shows. That's you know, not push and, them anymore because that's something TNA would do. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing, too, is, is like, they, you know, territories, a lot of the time, they were, uh, besides, you know, recycling talent and changing them out, you know, sometimes a booker would stay six, nine months, 
and then he'd jump somewhere else, just like the talent. So you'd freshen it up. You know, Jerry Jarrett would bounce somewhere else. He'd book for Bill Watts, or he'd go to Memphis and shit. And, you know, you were you were constantly trying to keep things fresh. You weren't going back to the same people that failed, because if you did, you didn't make money, and you shut down. Yeah. I don't I don't have much hope from here. <laughs> I Like... As I said, when they write Josh Matthews off of TV, if if they write Josh Matthews off of TV, maybe like the show will go back to being okay. You know, it'll go back to go being like it exists. It comes and goes without much consequence every week. Well, well shit! I'll take mediocre and simply exists over tonight. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every every single day of the week, as opposed to tonight, which it, it was one of the most destructive wrestling shows I've ever seen. It's like, what can we do to drive viewers away? Let's bloody well do it. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I said similar words to that. And, like, you know, it's like you have Borash and Matthews is constantly arguing. Constantly. And, like, like, constantly. Not just, you know, throwing a few veiled shots at each other. They were just constantly bickering. It was insufferable. I, like, it made me angry. It made me want to break things. And, yeah. I, like, TNA, generally, I'm sad and disappointed you know it's like I, I'm relatively detached I never really get worked up about it it's like oh well TNA is TNA but like tonight tonight I was just I was mad I, I was so mad well I mean like 52 minutes into the show I wrote this I, I cannot see anyone actually uh, watching this and caring at all about Borash and Matthews arguing like a pair of spoiled children it's seriously destroying any ability to enjoy this show and it's only 8.52pm eastern time that's literally about the point where I tapped out. <laughs> yeah, I was right after Sienna and Rachel Ellery, actually. That, it was that exactly was the, after that. That was the point where I was just like, I can't do the rest of this. It's just not worth it. It's not worth I'll probably watch the show tomorrow, maybe, if I can get through it. But uh, I, I, I can't. I, I couldn't finish it. Fuck that, dude. Delete that shit and play some Zelda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was playing Zelda beforehand, and I was like, let's watch Impact. And I should have just, I should have just stayed to playing <laughs> Zelda. <laughs> Follow that under worst worst decisions you've made in a while. I mean, indeed, Larry. Th- uh, this was very short notice that you were kind enough to come in and talk to me about this this train wreck, this nonsense, this this thing that is making me unmercifully angry. Thank thank you. <laughs> hey, no problem, man. I mean, it's 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 super unfortunate that we had to get together under a circumstance like this. I mean, I would have loved to have gotten together and be like. Man, that was a hell of a reboot show tonight. A lot of good things going on. See what happens next week. Yeah. <laughs> that is an unfortunate alternate universe that at the moment does not exist. That's apparently Earth 2 impact. Indeed. Bringing bring back to the Arrow thing. Bringing that full circle. That's right. <laughs> but before we go, where could people find you? Uh, well, you know, I'm on the, uh, the old Twitter machine. I always forget the damn Twitter handle. It's at LarryZonka411, so... You can, uh, at the top of my daily, I have a link to Zonkamania.com. That's all my reviews from 2004 till now, which is wrestling and MMA. It's hovering around 3,000 total reviews, I think, something like that. You are a workhorse, good sir. I do what I can, yeah. I am unfortunately on a pace this year to do what I did last year. I reviewed, like, 456 shows last year. That's more than one a day. (laughs) I know. Well, that's the thing, is, like, my wife, like... She gave me shit the year before, so I think I did, like, 376, and she's like, all right, she's like, you're not going to do that many next year, right? I'm like, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's the thing you mentioned it earlier there's only more shows now it's just like keep it's gonna keep on going up i know well, it was like you know mania weekend i think god de- depending on i know i know there's a couple shows not streaming that i thought were to stream like chikara and stuff but like I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure i'm locked in for something like 11 shows that weekend like thursday through sunday so that's just that's gonna be busy of, end of the month there that's a lot of shows <laughs> and it is uh but it, it's a it's what i do indeed and you do it better than nearly anybody else i try oh real, real quick too i also have on the site right now i'm doing a uh i have two parts up i'm doing a uh, a walk through the undertaker's wrestlemania matches the first ones are a little rough to get through <laughs> Yeah, it's basically everything before, like, WrestleMania 22 is, like, <laughs> yeah. That flare it's like, that flare match is great. Oh, dude, I, the best part about the flare match that I always love is the Arn Anderson run-in. It. It's timed so well as well. He just pops out of nowhere to hit him with it. It's like, yes! That's the thing, too, it is. It's, it is cause considering the fact that, you know, you know, the fact that Arn hadn't been wrestling himself in a while, it's like, he slides in like a fucking gazelle out of nowhere. Yeah. It's just, just like he pops. He, he just like literally pops into the world to hit that spinebuster like a, like a badass. He's great. It is so, but yeah, it's uh. It, I actually I I had a lot of fun doing it just because it's like once you trudge through all the the bad stuff like the Sid match and the Boss Man match. I mean, like the Snooka and Jake matches aren't bad. I mean, they're just introductory squash matches. But like once you get past like Sid and Boss Man and the Nathan Jones tag match and stuff and the second Kane match. Ugh. Um, you get past there, but um, like yeah, it's like his run really starts. You get like you, know, you get the big Dave Batista match, you get the Edge match, um, you know the Sean matches and everything. It's yeah, there's I mean there's obviously there's a lot of bad with the Undertaker's stuff when you look back at it, but like you look at like his top like six matches, you can put it against anybody. Yeah, the, the, so, the, but, once, um, once the streak became a thing, basically it starts picking up. Yeah, yeah, because, like, around 17, 18 with uh, 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 Triple H and Flair, yeah. So, um, yeah, but I, I enjoy doing that. I'm probably going to, I'm probably, it's probably going to be a yearly thing. I'm going to pick a, uh, a Mania Luminary and... Yeah, you can do someone like Sean. That'd be a, a, a nice little run through. Well, actually, the uh, the staff is doing Sean this year. We have a, uh, like, six-day countdown where the, uh, the entire staff uh, voted on and ranked his matches and... And put together a series of columns, so that'll run the the week heading into Mania. So, so that'll be cool fun stuff now. coming up. Yeah, we, we try. Thank but uh, yeah, I um, I hope you get happy. Um, you know, go play some Zelda, have a beverage or something, and sleep. I think sleep is is what will help at this stage. <laughs> I mean, it is a little late there, so or early. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's something. It's something. Thank you, Larry. You're welcome, man. Good to talk to you. And you can find me on Twitter at Garrickin, A-G-A, or, or E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. And you can, you can find my impact reviews every week at, at VoicesOfWrestling.com, along with a whole bevy of fantastic, great content from really smart people. It's a good site. You should go there. And that's not just because I write for it. I'd say that. Just like I say, go to 411mania.com slash wrestling, because that's a good site with good people writing good things. Except TJ Hawk. That guy. <laughs> I hope he listens all the way to this just to hear me suddenly. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? 
Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.